Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. For the safety of you and others, please make sure all hands, feet, and arms remain inside. And please, watch your children. And now, let the show begin. Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. A show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hey, what's up all you cartoon lovers out there? Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind with your host Tim Nidell. And I'm here bringing you yet another bonus interview episode for this month. And this interview is going to be with Jason Marsden, friend of the show actually, so it's really great to have him back on. Of course, you know Jason, he was a voice of Max Goof in a Goofy movie. I'm not your little boy anymore, Dad! I've grown up! I've got my own life now! I know that! I just wanted to be part of it. You're my son, Max. No matter how big you get, you'll always be my son. Peter Pan and Peter Pan and the Pirates. There's no danger in Neverland I can't handle. And I think my favorite cartoon role that he had was the voice of Haku from Studio Ghibli's Spirited Away. That must be why I can't find my way home, Shihiro. I remember you falling into my river, and I remember your little pink shoe. So you were the one who carried me back into shallow water. You saved me. I knew you were good. I wanted to get him on to talk about a very special cartoon that aired in 1990 called Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, in which he voiced the lead teenage boy in it. It's a it's an anti-drug PSA cartoon that featured a ton of all-star cartoon characters, hence the name Cartoons All-Stars to the Rescue. Um, it had the, uh, characters from DuckTales, had Slimer, Smurfs, Alvin the Chipmunks, uh, Garfield, Alf. So many of these great, huge characters came together to help a troubled teen who was involved with drugs. So we talk about that in the first part of the interview, and then, of course, we talk about his you know full career as well. And I think it's a really fun interview, so I hope you guys really enjoy it. But, of course, make sure to check us out online, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. All those links are on our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And also check out our Patreon campaign. Now, Patreon is like a monthly donation service to where if you like something, like us, for instance, you can donate each month. Um, You could even do a dollar. That's one of the options. It's a dollar a month, and it really does help out. Trust me. we got a lot of bills to pay. But uh, some of the perks are $10, you get your name or show mentioned on our episodes. $30, you get that, as well as you get to ask questions to upcoming interviews. And you'll get the full credit for that question as well when I do it. So go check that out. It's on our website. But anyways, guys, here is my interview with Jason Marsden. All right, so I wanted to get up with you to talk about the uh, um, cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. Do you remember doing that one? 
I do remember doing that. Yeah. Wow. How old were you when, you when you did that one? I think I was 13. Oh, wow. 12 or 13. I mean, I was 12 when I did it, maybe 13 when it came out. Okay. Yeah, I think- but I remember, uh, yeah, the first like animated program to be released on, you know, then all the major networks. Yeah. Because there's only deal. four. It was ABC, NBC, CBS, and I think Fox was at the time, or it was it was like UPN, not before UPN, uh, and ran yeah simultaneously, all at the same time. They really want to get that message out, and and having all the cartoon characters work together. Yeah, pretty cool. yeah. I was. I remember. I think I was either ten or eleven when it came out. Yeah. So we're almost the same age. And uh, it was a huge deal to see all of those characters. I mean, we get Roger Rabbit like around 1988. Right. But to me, these were the characters I wanted to see together. Yeah, or, where else could you see Alf hanging out with a Smurf? Yeah, I know. And the, the, the chipmunks. Puppet babies, and, you know, yeah. hanging out with Alvin and the chipmunks. DuckTales. I know you love DuckTales as well. I've heard you talk about yes. that before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that was uh, so at DragonCon. Um, do you, did you ever read any of the DuckTales comic books? Yeah, so, a lo- long Scrooge time. comic books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, one of my favorite artists, Don Rosa, who did a lot that like him and Carl Barks basically shaped the DuckTales that we saw when we were kids. And so he was at Dragon Con. I got his autograph, met him. He drew a, like a Donald Duck just for me, like an original Don Rosa just for me. It's in my house. Got to get a wow. frame. But yeah, man, it's all over that. So when this, how did you get involved with Cartoon All-Stars? I, I think you had a few things on your resume prior to this, like Webster and Murphy's Law. And uh, was this your first voice actor gig? Uh, no. Um, the first voice actor gig I ever did was uh, Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Okay. I was uh, Kevin, the boy who's yes. friends with the Gummy Bears. Yes. And I only booked that because the boy previous to me went through puberty and didn't sound like a boy anymore. <laughs> and you still so, haven't gone through puberty, so. And I hadn't gone through puberty. I was still retaining my youth and um, so I could make more money as an actor and uh, as a child actor uh, but that was the first thing and I and so I was already maybe that was like my shoe in because I was already kind of doing animation voiceover at the time and um, and this is just you know another one of those things I auditioned for and what about those recording sessions were, were those all-star voice actors in there as well with you or were no it was just me I was um, I didn't really know like I don't remember if I read the script or not all I knew that is that George C. Scott was involved, who played Smoke, who played like, you know, yeah. the drug dealer in form of, you know, the marijuana vapor. Uh, and I did not get to work with him. Uh, I think I heard they had recorded him first, so I kind of, they would play his performance back that I could work off of. And then I didn't, that was just one recording session. And then months later, they brought me in to uh, do all the ADR, which for those who are listening doesn't know what that is. It's automated dialogue replacement or actor directly recorded where they put an image of the, the final work in front of me is usually, and they cue you up. There's usually like three beeps and where the fourth beep should be. That's your cue. And I had to go in and do, I had to loop a couple lines. And then the scene where it, my character is going through like the right down the rabbit hole. Uh, and, 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 uh, and I just kind of had to ad lib screams and, and yells and whatnot. And I remember it's my first time ever doing that. And uh, I did it one take, and everyone was impressed, including myself. I, was like, I think they're going to do like a cue at a time. It's just to be like, okay, you're falling off here, and then you're going down this this spiral thing, and now you're doing this other thing. And I, and I, they just kept rolling. I just kept doing it, just kind of like going off the what I was watching. And uh, one one take, Marsden. There you go. That's where the nickname <laughs> came from. Then. <laughs> oh, I'm just noticing your doorknob. That's oh yeah. 
the Alice in Wonderland doorknob. Did you have that custom made, or did you find that? It, was yeah, that- I found it on Etsy. Of course. Yeah, what's well, not That's- on Etsy, seriously. Right. And then, yeah, I just actually just remodeled the office. I used to have a whole bunch of animation cells. Actually, right here, you would have seen my uh, Peter Pan and the Pirates animation cell. You know what's funny? I was just, I'm still unpacking. We moved to Tennessee three years ago. I'm still unpacking, and I found a box full of a lot of stuff I was saving, including this big envelope. I was, I'm like, what is in this envelope? And it's, it was three Peter Pan cells wow. that someone had gifted me that are still in great condition. I got to put them up somewhere. Yeah, you do. When we're done, I'll give you a, a quick tour of yes. the next room. I'll show you some of my... Yes. Yeah. Anyways, um, so in Cartoon All-Stars at the Rescue, you voiced Michael. Yes. The, the troubled teenager. Of That's course, right. you know, I'm sure they modeled it after yourself, personally. That it was typecasting. Like, who do oh, we yeah. know? Young, young actor who's bound to go down, down, uh, down the bad streets. Yeah, they think of Marsden. Speaking of, you know, you always seem to have a, you know, a good head on your shoulders. How did that not become part of your life? You know, you hear all the stories about the troubled teens, troubled, you know, youth in Hollywood. How did you not get involved in that? Well, you know, I, I was always resentful of my parents growing up because they were very, very, very strict. You are who you hang with, you know, don't run in these circles, blah, blah, blah. They wanted me to retain an image that was viable for my profession. In hindsight, yeah, I probably could have had a lot more fun, but I mean, who knows? I I, I mean, I don't think it would have done anything stupid, but it's, you know, I had good guidance, let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. And also most of the shows I worked on, um, when I was doing... Cartoon All-Stars The Rescue, I was also working on my first television series, which was a reboot of The Munsters. Mm-hmm. And I seem to work on shows where I'm, I'm the only kid. And so, you know, you're in an industry that's an adult industry. You're surrounded by adults. You have a lot of great guidance there. So I had a lot of extra parental figures kind of like keeping me in the straight and narrow. But man, I'm like, uh, I mean, I'll try anything once and, 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 I'm, and I, I'm, I'm into experiences, but I would never have... I was never like reckless. I yeah. never had that that kind of mentality yeah. about it. The one thing I loved about Cartoon All Stars is that they weren't afraid to push the boundaries. And I, this cartoon would not air now. That's all I got to say. It would not air now. It, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember thinking, like, "Wow, this is really intense." Yeah. Wow, they're really they're really trying to get this message across. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that you, yeah, you can't do it. Well, I mean, you say that now and then we watch my, my son and I love watching, um, the amazing world of gumball. Okay. Yeah. My kids love that show. And it's all, there's like, even the creators talk about like, I mean, the dad has, you know, if he's in, in a state of undress, his, his breasts will tend to bounce, you know, here and there. And that's like, you like, they had to like, like fight for that on, on, uh, on Cartoon wow. Network. Um, so that's kind of evolved, but, uh, but as far as the darkness of Cartoon All Stars, the rescue that was for that that time that was uh, that was intense. Like I said, I think they they wanted a message to go across. They wanted to hit kids over the head about you know just saying no, drug awareness, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you said you didn't work with any of the cast, but I'm sure you've worked with them later in your career, right? Yeah. Well, Frank Welker, you know, who, um, who is, uh, you know, baby Kermit and, and, you know, many other voices, you know, I worked with him later on. Um, Michael Bell, uh, who's actually guest starred on, on the Munsters today at the time. And, wow. um, yeah, the, eventually we, we all did cross paths, cross paths here and there. 
Now, is there one voice actor that has passed who you did not work with that you would love to work with? Oh, man. First pops in my head is Lorenzo Music, who's Garfield, but I did work with him on, on Gummy Bears. Um, Mel Blanc, you know, he, well, he, didn't, he, he didn't have a part in that, did he? He didn't. No, Jeff Bergman, this is the first time taken oh. over for, for Bugs and Daffy. Yeah, no, I didn't, uh, didn't get to work with Mel. Always would have, would have loved to have at least met him. Um, uh, was it, did Paul Fusco actually voice Alf? Yes. In the cartoon? Yes. Uh, I mean, I know he's still with us, but, uh, I would love to have met him. Yeah. Cause I was a big Alf fan. Oh, especially the cartoon. The cartoon is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's very so much more like exciting than, I mean, I love this, the, the sitcom, but I love the cartoon. And I love how in all stars, they, they, they teamed up Alf and Garfield. Yes, a, a cat who, who he would eat in real life, and they <laughs> and they make a, jo- a slight joke. I wish they would have pushed a little bit more with right. the eating Garfield joke, but there's a slight joke about him eating him. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yes, the cat eater and the and the lasagna eater. And uh, we so we mentioned Ducktales earlier, and it's tied actually for my favorite cartoon of all time, tied with Thundercats. What was it about Ducktales that you loved? I think I mean I'm a, I've always been a big Donald Duck fan, and. When it came on, when DuckTales premiered, you know, I was familiar with Uncle Scrooge, loved, loved the, the nephews, but seeing them in this new environment that was based on, like, adventure, like, almost like an Indiana Jones-like adventure. They would say, uh, I heard an interview with Joe Dante that said that Spielberg, George Lucas, they collected Uncle Scrooge comics and, you know, probably some of Uncle Scrooge's adventures, because he would go off in, into, you know, the Amazon and different places to find his fortune of course it was very self-serving um but that kind of maybe influenced indiana jones a little bit uh and uh i mean i, I mean the colors of it i mean every the music of it not just like a theme song music the background music the music of the relationships and the characters i just i just i just ate it all up and and i had recognized some like i recognized june foray who i'd worked with again on gummy bears who was magic at a spell and ma beagle and many many other voices and I think I was probably getting into the industry and being excited, like, oh, wow, I recognize who this person is. I'm, it's all, I'm, I'm starting to put it all together. I love that it came on, like, five days a week. I mean, you, yes. can you tell me a cartoon that comes on, like, every day during the week? No, days? I, we, I was, we had it, man. We I know. Had it. I know. I was just You're saying crazy. that last week to my kids. I was like, you know, it's different nowadays because SpongeBob's on almost every day. But it's not a certain schedule anymore. You know, you don't yeah. know when your favorite cartoon is going to be on. Of course, your DVR sure. records it, right. but it's not the same way. You don't, you can't come come home at three o'clock and watch Ducktales, and rely right. that it's going to be there every day. After school, rushed home, didn't do homework, sat watched Ducktales and He Man, GI Joe, Transformers. You know the Disney Afternoon Block, of course. Of course, whatever was there. And then later, you became a part of that block. A, part, a little bit, a little bit in the Goofy movie. Yes. So that's pretty amazing. And in and, and kind of in a weird way, you were kind of in a DuckTales episode since the nephews appeared in Cartoon All-Stars of the Rescue. It's almost like DuckTales on crack a little bit. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, that box I told you I, I opened, I found, this is, what, this, is, this is what a big DuckTales fan I was. I found my very first ever screenplay that I wrote was an episode of DuckTales. Wow. And I, like, remember when you could draw on on computers by kind of like using the, uh, the, um, the ampersand, not the ampersand, the, uh, the, the, the dash. Yes. Make a little dash yes. and return another dash until you just kind of create a shape. 
and I made like Launchpad McQuack DuckTales logo. And I wrote the episode was about um, I teamed up all the villains, Magica and and the Beagle Boys, uh, Flintard Glomgold, had them all like team together to try to get Scrooge's <laughs> money bin. And I'm reading, I'm like, wow, this is awful. But there's a little bit, there's still, you know. There's like, a glimpse of hope in there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But I wrote it in longhand, and then I was working on the Munsters, and one of the guys whose job it was to transcribe longhand into script, he did it for me. Oh. And then when I was working on Gummy Bears, I kind of snuck over to the, because they were recording DuckTales down the hall for me. I snuck over there and handed them a script, and uh, I didn't hear a darn thing about that. <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on the on the reboot coming out next year? What do you think about what you've seen or maybe you've heard? Um, I the artwork looks great. I love that they're they're patterning patterning. Is that a word? Sure. They're they're, uh, they're using the Carl Barks influence. Yes. Um, I love that style. Um, other than that, I haven't. I've I've only I only know what you know. I'm excited for it. I, I was I was skeptical at first, but then I saw the pictures and I got a little excited about it. Yeah, I just wish skeptical just because reboot and you thought they're going to ruin this. Exactly, exactly. And then I was hoping that they wouldn't go with the uh, CG look, but I'm I'm, some, I'm glad there, it's more of a two D look to it. So yeah. I'm excited for that. Have I, you heard anything that I, I? I only know I've seen the artwork and like little casting things. Just yeah, in my, no, that's all yeah. I've heard too. That's uh, basically it. So I'm kind of just waiting to hear more. I guess. So hopefully, I, when is that? I know it's 2017. I forget what part of the year it is. So maybe if it's after D23, you might have a little more information on it. I'm not sure. Maybe. You think that they're, I'll bet, I'll bet they'll have a, uh, a panel, some short, maybe. They'll have some sort of something for D23. You yeah. know they're going to use D23 to, yeah. Oh, for sure. That. For sure. So do you ever get starstruck? You work with so many people over your career. Do you ever get starstruck? Oh my gosh, all the time. I mean, so I work with Mark Hamill a bunch oh my God, yeah. over the years, and we we've had the same agent. I mean, I, I could say I've known him for twenty years, and uh, and when I first discovered he was at my agency, you know, I I, I usually clam up. I, I I do not do well in front of like celebrities or people I am in awe of. Yeah, and um and I talked to my agent about it, and, and she was like, oh yeah. I mean, this was probably at the time. I don't know if, th- if this was true, but but she was like, she advised like, don't mention Star Wars. Don't you know he doesn't. Trying to move past that. Um, so when every time I work with him, I never brought it up. Never, ever, ever. And I never had my picture taken with him. Mm-hmm. But we'd work and he's such a nice guy. He's so down to earth. He's a big geek. Like He loves pop culture um, TV shows. Like He can sing every theme song, every old TV show from the 50s and 60s. And he loves comic books. And he loves artists. And he just loves – I think he loves being an actor and loves being a peer. So his groundedness like makes you comfortable around him. But no matter what, no matter what, Tim, every time I look over and see him next to me, I'm like, yeah, right here. So finally, so I moved to Tennessee three years ago and I was working on Transformers Rescue Bots and he recurs as my uncle. And um, and we all knew he was doing Star Wars, um, not in what capacity, but we knew he was doing it. I'd be like, I'd ask around, like, how does he look? Is he lost any weight? If he's losing weight, that means he's probably like maybe gearing up for some uh-huh. lightsaber action. Um, but he came in and he had this – he did lose weight. He had a – like he was growing this long beard. And uh, for the first time, I was like, Mark, may I please have a picture with you because I don't know if I'll ever see you again. You're going to be so busy. I'm moving away. So I did. I got a couple pictures. It's on my Instagram. If people – you know, my, I opened my Instagram to the public just this weekend. So if anyone wants nice. to – 
check that out and scroll down, you'll see two bearded guys pointing at each other, and that's me and Mark. So yeah, man, and Frank Welker, who again, oh, of course, like, like, like the the, the Grand Poobah, the 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 Pope of our of our industry, again, so down to earth, and um, and and it it thrills me every time I work with him because he's my childhood. I mean, Gremlins, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Aladdin, uh, Scooby Doo. I mean, so much stuff, and then. We worked on Garfield together, and and we went to a rap party, and I'm it, we're sitting next to each other, just he and, he and I talking, and and I would ask him questions about his early career, and he'd talk about doing stand up in Vegas and opening for Loretta Lynn, and then he'd be like, oh, yeah, but you know, I'm you don't want to hear about that. I'm boring." I'm like, "Dude, I <laughs> asked the questions. Like th- that is that is Frank Welker to a T." I know. I've, I've been trying to get an interview, but you know, he doesn't do interviews because of the same reason he doesn't think he's interesting. It's exactly. so weird. I mean, I can talk to him for 10 hours and not get bored. Right. He's just super, super humble, super grounded, super zen. I mean, I've never seen him be upset. He takes direction very well. <laughs> I've never seen him be frustrated. I know probably because, you know, he works all the time, makes gobs of money, and he, you know, golfs. That's all. Yeah. He, fly, he flies a plane. That's all. That's his That's his life. The dude is super happy doing what he does. Oh, that's ridiculous. I think somebody who you worked with who I would be a little starstruck with was uh, Jeff Bridges when you worked with him on The White Squall. Yes. He wouldn't, but he seems so down earth as well. Somebody who is. And that's like another, here's another example of like, I make a fool of myself. Like, I'm working with this this man for like three months. And like, the biggest question I could ask him is like, so like, if if they offered you Batman, would you do it? And he said yes. By the way, he would totally do it. Nice. But I was so I was so in over my head in that movie, like, like. So I I grew up doing mostly sitcoms. Yep. And not not putting down my creativity as an actor, but I learned a lot um, doing that movie because sitcoms just create bad habits. You you project more. You you uh, you kind of overact a little bit because you're doing it for an audience movies it's not so much like that so i got i had i got a definitely between jeff bridges and ridley scott i got a big <laughs> learning curve in that in that experience because yeah uh, i i grew up watching you on tv and i think that was the first time i remember seeing you in a big movie yeah and it was a good movie by the way took me apart from all the other i really like, yeah guys. oh yeah I, I was rooting for you the whole movie because i was like i knew who that kid was i watched him on tv <laughs> <laughs> And what about Tim Curry when you worked with him on, on Peter Pan and the Pirates? Um, first, I have a great Tim Curry story, but can I, am, am I allowed to curse? I can censor it, so yeah. Okay. Um, so here's another bit, little bit of trivia. So um, Max Goof was originally voiced by Dana Hill in Goof Troop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Pan in Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirates was also originally voiced by Dana Hill. Oh, really? She did about 50 episodes before they decided to go a different way. And um, fortunately for me, and and definitely no disrespect to Dana, may she rest in peace. Um, they cast me, and I had to uh, I had to reloop most of the work that she did. And then when I caught up, I got to join the rest of the cast. Wow! Um, and it was a full cast. It was me and a Josh, a young Josh Keaton. Like, like I don't know, he must have been five. I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but he was he was a little pain <laughs> in the ass, Josh, and, I, and he knows it. Um, it was me, Josh Keaton, all these other kids. Uh, Whippy Hertford, who's a friend of mine, um, Aaron Lore, who went on to do Max's singing voice. <laughs> wow, look at that connection <laughs> there. Right? And then there was adults. There was uh, there was um, 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 Ed Gilbert and uh, Jack Angel, 
and uh, and a lot of other great talent, and Tim Curry, and and Tim didn't show up all the time, but but when he did, he was there, and and I never knew if he liked me or didn't like kids, but he was just very to himself, maybe like just wanted to get out of there, I don't know, but he but he was there, he was present, but sometimes he would like flick paper clips at us and then pretend he didn't do it. So I thought, okay, maybe he does like us. Maybe he just, maybe he's awkward. I don't know. So I thought, okay, he's given us stuff. Maybe we can give him stuff back. So we're doing an episode. Michael Bell is directing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's a full room. Everyone is talking. Da, 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 and it's Tim's, it's Captain Hook's turn to talk. So Michael Bell gets on the button and says, okay, everyone, please, please be quiet. An actor is working. And I, in my, you know, 15 year old smart way, I went, Where? And Tim Curry, without missing a beat, looked at me, eyes wide, stared right at me, went, over here, f***ing head. Oh Room erupted. He did the take. That's my, that's my famous Tim Curry story, him calling me a f***ing head. <laughs> and that's amazing. Wow. And I've worked with him a couple times after that, and I still I cannot tell you if he remember me or not. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Such a great story. I mean... You can look negatively upon that, but it's you came out with a really cool story. I, I mean, I never took it personally. I didn't know the man. I yeah. mean, I, I put I knew him from like um, Annie, the movie Annie, where he played wow. uh, Rooster. Um, you know, I didn't know. I never saw Rocky Horror. I never saw The Wall, Pink Floyd's The Wall, the uh, the the uh, the theater version he did. And I know he's got a tremendous amount of work. And uh, um, I think my first introduction would have been Clue. Okay, yeah, I didn't watch that until I was way in my late teens. Wow, yeah, it's a great movie. Still is. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, so let's, let's close little words of wisdom for people listening, for young teenagers or young kids listening. Uh, what would you say to them to help them stay clean? You know, any words of wisdom that you might say? Let me think this. Let me think this out because, uh, you know, I, I am for, um, you know, legalization of marijuana. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, like, and there's arguments on both sides, but everything in moderation. And there is things that, you know, you shouldn't try. Like, obviously, heroin is like that. You know, you stay away from that, yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, do your research. And, and, and if you're – I encourage young people to you, – you know, you're going you're gonna to experiment. You're going to be free. And make sure you do it with people that you are – that you trust and that you are – that your parents would approve of and make sure you have a good relationship with your parents as well. Make sure that if you do anything that you can, you can have an open form with your parents to be like, Hey, I want to try this or, or I've tried this and have it be received well, you know? And, and, and I, and my advice to parents is like, don't freak out. Try not to shame your kids. If they're experimenting, be, if they come to you, embrace the fact that they're coming to you and not somewhere someone else. Yep. Um, you know, common sense and you don't do anything that you, you feel that you're going to regret afterwards. Couldn't say any better myself. Well, Tim, thank you so much, man. Yeah, man. If you need anything else, you know, you know, give me a call. Thanks, buddy. I will talk to you later. All right. Peace. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.